so thanks for coming everyone today. Um, as you as you know, our event tonight is about uh, women's colleges and Kate, who's a staff member here at Fiveable, will be uh, sharing her experience at Barnard College and uh, just telling us a little bit about what that is like. Um, just confirming that our recording is started. Awesome, thank you. Uh, so, Kate, first off, thank you so much for uh, taking time today to, you know, have this discussion. Um, maybe first off, do you want to introduce yourself, talk about, you know, your educational um, history, you know, your college experience, uh, maybe introduce us to, you know, what a women's college is, why you chose to go, um, that kind of thing? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So, hi, everybody. I'm Kate. I'm head of learning at Fiveable. So, most recently, you've probably seen me bothering everyone about crams and studying and all of that stuff. Um, as head of learning at Fiveable, I oversee the cramps program. I also work with a team that pumps out a lot of that uh, educational content you use, all those study guides and all that good stuff. We're the folks behind trivia and and all, everything that has to do with learning, really, um, at Fiveable. And I attended Barnard College. Um, which is a women's college in the city of New York. And my journey to there was very strange. I, I very much accidentally fell backwards into Barnard College, um, which happens and is okay. And it was a really good move for me for a lot of reasons. So I was really just looking to apply to schools in Manhattan because when I was in high school, I really liked books. And so I really wanted to go where the publishing industry was, and it was in New York City. And so I applied to schools all around New York City, and I didn't even really care which ones. Like, I applied to NYU, I applied to Sarah Lawrence, which isn't even in the city, but, like, I'm from Wisconsin, I didn't even know that. I was just, like, throwing darts. And when I went to apply to Columbia, there was a little note that said, if you're applying to Barnard or C's School of Engineering, um, click here. That application is separate. And for some reason, 18-year-old Kate was like, what's that? And I clicked on it. I saw that Barnard was part of Columbia University, which I can talk about more if folks have questions about how that works. And I applied. And it just so happened that that school ended up giving me the biggest financial aid package of all the schools I got into. And then when I went to visit, it just really felt right. I know folks say that when you go, they're like, oh, the culture, you're like, you'll step on campus and I'll feel right. Um, but it was true. I stepped on campus and I was like, this is it. It was like, there's a very famous magnolia tree there. It was like in bloom. It smelled good. Girls were like dancing on the quad. Like I can't even, there was like live music. It was ridiculous. Like the day I visited was totally ridiculous. Um, and I was just like, this is, this is where I want to go. And so, um, so I ended up at Barnard. And some things that are really cool about women's colleges is that they, they provide a lot of programming um, and support that is designed to like lean into the needs of people who identify as female. So you see that in lots of different ways. So like the healthcare service there was phenomenal. Um, and I learned a lot about like women's health just from being there. Um, and being at Barnard. The um, alumni network really leans into educating women about finance and investing and things that historically women have felt less involved with. 
Um, so, so just things like that, like they, they really intentionally think about um, just leaning away from, from bias. And a lot of people say, you know, why, why do we need women's colleges now that education is co-ed and all this stuff? And I heard Stacey Abrams, who also went to a women's college, uh, articulate this really well at a conference she was speaking at a few months ago. And she said that it's really about going to a space where this bias about you that, that usually weighs you down in different ways, it's just gone because everyone else in that space has that thing in with all of you. And there's something really freeing about that. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't, she would go to a women's college. So I'm happy to talk about that for folks who are like, I don't know um, if, if this is for me, but it, it was very cool. And I, I also know a bit about um, other women's colleges outside of Barnard. So I, I can try to shed some light on those as well. Awesome. Uh, if there are any questions, just feel free to unmute yourself and ask. Um, but otherwise, um, okay, what were some of the, I guess, key or distinctive programs or classes for you that you really enjoyed during your time there? Yeah, well, Barnard is very uh, a very historic school. Um, and so one of the oldest parts of it, which they actually rebranded after I left, but it still exists, they call it the Nine Ways of Knowing. So since Barnard is a liberal arts college, um, that's basically how they make you do your like gen ed requirements is they're like, there's, there's these different like types of thinking that you need to have. Ever was that they had, they had originally made women take like hygiene courses, which is kind of hilarious. Um, and that turned into essentially like a physical education requirement, which you don't see a lot in college. And I was kind of like, what is this? Like I, high school is over. I shouldn't have to do this. Um, but there were all these really funny ways that you could fulfill it. And so, like, I actually ended up taking archery with this woman who had, like, coached the Olympic archery team. And by the end of the class, I, like, shot an apple with a bow and arrow from far away. Like, it was so cool. I have a photo of me. I'll have to find it. Um, and so that was, like, something I never would have expected to do, right? But Barnard was about, you know, you need to be well-rounded and, like, do all these things. And so that was really funny. Um, but another thing that I think was very unique and would be unique for women's colleges was that there were all these events for women in leadership in like all these different disciplines, right? So like the Barnard Film Festival is a very big deal every year. And it's all of these films that are made by women. Um, same thing with like, there would be science expositions, there'd be technology things. I went to this whole like free day long thing where alumni came and like explained how, you know, the stock market works, <laughs> which for me, I was like, I don't even understand, like, what is equity? Like, all of these things were just programs that were there um, because it was a women's college. I remember going to a talk about reproductive health and like egg freezing and all of this stuff and like how it works. And I, I never would have known all of these things about the world, but also about like myself and, and what it means to be like a female person in the world um, if I hadn't been at Barnard. Um, and obviously I wouldn't have shot an apple from the gym. So that was a for sure highlight.
see some typing in the chat. I'm just waiting. I bet that's going to be some questions. What was your favorite class that I've taken? Um, so when I was at Barnard, there was a, a teacher there actually made this new kind of class, which is now taught at a bunch of colleges. So I'm, I'm hopeful that you all can encounter it wherever you go. And it was called Reacting to the Past. And it was a first year seminar. And you could also take it if you were majoring in history as like a junior or senior, you could take it. And what was really cool about it is that the, the teacher who taught it was really into D&D. If you've if you've heard of D and D, the role playing game, and so literally what you would do is you would get this like guidebook at the start of it, and everybody in the class had a role, and then you, you would create you would do a scenario that was a historical moment. So like I did one that was um, like the British leaving India. I did another one that was like Israel Palestine. That one was really interesting. Um, I did one that was like the trial of Socrates. And so everybody in the class had a role and your job in the class, like the way to get an A was to study your character and like the writings of your person. And then we each had our own private objectives, just like a, a game where you were trying to achieve your objectives as that historical real person. And so it was really cool um, because it was so high stakes. Like people got super, super into it. Um, we were all on like G chat, which at the time was like a new thing that sort of ages me, but it was like so cool to like be on G chat with the other people in the class. And the teacher would be in character and you would literally like achieve points at, at the end. Um, and so I played like a huge variety of characters, like for, for the British leaving, um, I I was the British, which was really weird because I wasn't on one of the factions. I was like trying to make sense in the middle. And then for Israel, Palestine, uh, I was a Palestinian, like a displaced Palestinian farmer who was specifically tasked with like writing poetry to to like be the voice of the people. It was just really interesting. So, yeah. The, the class was called Reacting to the Past, and if you ever encounter it, um, you should take it because it's really cool. I don't know if Barnard has chess, but I also would not be surprised if it did have chess because it has stuff like that. And I know that like a, a lot of other women's colleges have um, like specific niche things. Like I've heard, I can't remember which one it is right now, but there's definitely one that has like sailboats. And you can do like sailing. And there's another one that has horses for sure. If you don't mind if I unmute to ask a question. Please. Um, I know that obviously women's colleges probably have an emphasis on some sort of feminism or equality movement. But how would you say that Barnard was with diversity, including women of color as well? Yeah, this is a great question. So I think that compared to other women's colleges, Barnard actually does quite well because it's in Manhattan. And so, so Barnard is one of the four undergraduate colleges of Columbia University, which I had no idea about. I just thought Columbia was Columbia. Um, but Columbia University is Columbia College. Barnard College, C's School of Engineering, and the School of General Studies, which 
that last one is actually cool. It's for people who have had their education like disrupted or delayed or um, disrupted or delayed for some reason. So a lot of like actors were in it. Like Jonathan Taylor Thomas had like French class with one of my friends um, or like actresses, um, like Broadway people, dancers, um, athletes, like Olympians, like people who had to delay their um, their education for some reason, usually because they were doing something professionally at a really high level. So um, I'm talking about the School of General Studies. Can you repeat your question? <laughs> I totally lost my answer. That's okay. Um, how did Barnard handle... Oh, diversity. Uh, with, yes, right, diversity. Right, right. Yeah. So, so one of the reasons that I um, really liked Barnard, and honestly, the reason I ended up going, is that it's a need-blind school. So uh, need blindness is when a school says that they are going to look at your application and they're going to completely not look at the financial part of it. And then if you get in, they're committed to meeting 100% of your financial needs so that if you get in, they're going to do what they have to do so that you can go. And obviously that has huge implications for diversity, right? That allows folks who mm -hmm. don't think they can afford a place like Columbia, which was definitely also me, to apply and be like, if I get in here, I'm going to be able to go. Um, and I had no idea that need blindness was a thing. So that's a huge tip that I would give folks is as you're looking for schools, um, look for the phrase need blind, see, see if they're need blind. And I will say that me as someone who was like paying for college by myself, um, the financial aid department at Barnard was like super, super useful. And I, I was talking to them like constantly because I was so stressed about like how I was going to pay for college. And so um, I think I think being in the city and being need blind actually made uh, Barnard quite a diverse place um, and students internationally as well. So it was like diversity within North America, but also students from all over the world. Thank you. Another thing I'll say about Barnard as far as gender diversity is that not everyone who was at Barnard was cis female. There were certainly students around who were transitioning. I don't know what the school's like official policy was on it. I just know that I like had peers who were transitioning. Um, and the other thing is that because Barnard is part of Columbia University, it's all cross-registered. So those four schools that I mentioned before are in one big registration pot, which means that when you go to pick classes, you can take a class from C School of Engineering, you can take a class from Columbia College, you can take a class from Barnard, it doesn't matter. So even though Barnard was a women's college, uh, a lot of my classes had boys in them. So it, it definitely wasn't like all female all the time. I don't think that's true for all women's colleges because they don't all have that cross-registration thing that, that Barnard had. So that's just, just another thing to know. Um, biggest challenge, yes, registration was incredibly, incredibly stressful. It's a whole other thing. Um, biggest challenge at the school. Um, I think there were a few. So, so one that was like incredibly specific to Barnard was that Columbia was one of the last Ivy League schools to go co-ed. 
um, research this. A lot of schools were all boys for like such a long time that it will like make your heart hurt. And Columbia actually didn't go co-ed until the 80s, which is wild. So um, Barnard was one of the women's colleges that lasted the sort of like great buy up of women's colleges. Like if you've ever heard of Radcliffe, Radcliffe was a women's college that was the sister school to Harvard. And then Harvard bought it and eliminated it. They like absorbed it. And now it's like the Radcliffe Center for like blah, blah, blah. And it's no longer its own separate women's college. Um, and one of the reason that Barnard was able to stay separate was that it was financially independent from Columbia because Columbia was all men until that date, May 12th, 1987, which is wild. Um, and so one of the things that was tough about that is that once women were allowed to go to Columbia College, there was like kind of weird tension between the women of Barnard College and the women of Columbia College, which is like absolutely silly and trash. And it was really annoying when I got there freshman year because these other women on campus seemed to have like hostility toward me and my classmates. And we didn't understand that. But what was interesting was that by the end of it, like by senior year, all of the women you met who went to Columbia College would be like, going to Barnard is the move. Like you got to have access to all of the resources of Columbia University, but you got like the better dining hall and like better health care and like all of these things that were like specific and niche and awesome for you. Um, so I think when I arrived, it was surprising because I was totally blindsided by that weird like social dynamic that is like only true at Columbia. Um, but it definitely didn't remain a thing. Another thing that was really hard for me was um, I didn't know what to respect, expect. I had just gone to public school my whole life. Um, and so obviously that, that was co-ed and I... I had no idea what a women's college was going to be like. I didn't know if I was going to like that. Um, and so that was just like scary. But then when I got there, I was like, wait, this is dope. Like, I love everything about this. And there are boys here. It's not like there are only female identifying people here all the time. And so the the scary leap was hard. But once I was there, it was fine. And then the third thing that was really hard for me, I grew up in Wisconsin. Um, in a suburb in Green Bay, like the Packers. And I was going to New York City for the second time in my life. And I was going there to live. And so I had no idea what to do. I remember during orientation. And of course, all my friends were from cities, right? Like my roommate was from like La Jolla, California, like a place I'd never heard of. And like the girls across the street from like Houston, DC, like everyone there was from like a place. And I was from like a suburb in Wisconsin that no one had heard of. And I remember during orientation, we were like in Central Park because one of our orientation events was in the Central Park Zoo, which is like also ridiculous. And we were like walking back from Central Park and this stranger approached us. Um, and if you've been in a city, you know that you like obviously don't engage with with strangers that approach you on the street. And I was just like, hi, like I just started talking to them. Like they're like, where are your girls going? And I was like, oh, yeah, we, we were just like at this event. We're going back to this thing. And meanwhile, all the girls I'm with are just like, oh, my God, like stop talking to this person. So I definitely had a, a really big culture shock to understand 
you know, what it's like to live in a city. Um, because I, I just like did not know how to do that. So the, those were probably my, my hardest things. Um, let's see, what are some of the more accessible women colleges or higher ed institutions? Are there any community or state colleges? That's a great question. I'm actually not sure about community or state colleges. That's a really good question, actually. Um, I'd love to know the answer if, if anyone has time to like search that up. Um, I don't know. But I would say as far as accessible, um, for graduate school, I don't believe that there are any. Um, but for undergraduate, I would say that I think Barnard is one of the more uh, accessible because of the need blindness. Uh, but there are definitely smaller ones. Um, I'm going to blank on their name, but there's a small one in California that a friend of mine went to. Um, and there's definitely some that you might have heard of that are just much smaller, like uh, Mount Holyoke. Uh, you might have heard of Smith. Um, yeah, Barnard is one of the seven sisters. Um, Wellesley is another one. Uh, Bryn Mawr. I'm probably not going to be able to name them all out of my brain <laughs> right now. But um, there's a lot of them. And the the accessibility for me is mostly about financial aid. Um, because once you get to campus, there's actually a bunch of laws about how it has to be accessible in other ways. But the financial thing is um, that's sort of up to the school. So need blindness, again, is is what I would look like. Um, oh, we meant accessible, like getting in. Um, that's a good question. They won't all be as hard. Seven Sisters are going to be harder. Um, I also think it's been harder to get in since, since I went to Barnard. Um, it actually, it wasn't as hard to get in when I got in, but Barnard, a lot of things happened in succession that made Barnard, uh, like a bit more famous, which, which made more students apply to it. One was that like Meryl Streep was our commencement speaker one year. And then, um, and then Hillary Clinton was in another year. And then my year was Obama actually. And then, um, the year after that was like Sheryl Sandberg. So it's like, there's, they, they had like a lot of super famous, um, uh, commencement speakers, which like made people know about Barnard. And so I don't think that helped our acceptance rate, but yeah, Obama's as a commencement speaker was definitely, a, a like out of body experience highlight. <laughs> Let's see, I saw some other questions popping. Uh, was the application process any different than the regular, regular Columbia application process? Yes, it was at the time. Um, I think, I know that Barnard had like its own, I don't know if it still does. At the time it had like its own separate one, um, like its own separate portal that you had to apply through. And I wanna say that Columbia did as well, but just check it out. Um, they might have gotten with the picture and joined the the common app. I definitely had to write. Um, yeah, you definitely have to like submit the application separately, even if they both are on common app. And I definitely had to write supplemental essays for each one. And the Barnard one, they asked like why a women's college. And I totally made it up because as I said before, I did not walk into it with the intention of going to a women's college. So I, I like shudder to think what I wrote because, I just tried to sound good. I just wanted to get in at the time. Uh, let's see. What are some of the potential downsides to attending a women's only university or college? Um, so I, I think a big downside is if 
if you have gone to um, single sex education your whole life, um, then I think that it actually might not be a good thing to to keep going for college. I definitely had classmates who um, socially, if they were in co-ed situations, didn't didn't really like know how to handle it, like didn't really seem to know what to do. Um, and so, you know, you live in a world that does contain folks of more than one gender. And so it is it is a good idea to expose yourself to situations where you're going to have to um, just know how to socialize with all different types of people. Um, that that's one thing that I noticed. Um, I also think, you know, a downside always is going to be that you're narrowing perspective, right? Um, you're, you're entering a sort of echo chamber and it feels a little bit okay because it's an echo chamber of a, a group of people that is oppressed in some way. And so you're like, well, this is a good one to lead into, but you do have to stay mindful of the fact that you are in a chamber um, because when you're having a conversation, some folks are missing, right? So that that's always something to be um, just really aware of when you're making a, an exclusive choice like that for any reason, not just for gender, but for any reason also. Uh, my master's degree is in um, English literature. I don't know why I paused so much, like I didn't know what it was in. <laughs> um, I got a master's of, in English from Middlebury College. Um, and my undergrad is actually in English as well. I was one class away from a double major in philosophy, uh, but I didn't want to have to write my thesis in metaphysics. And so I just didn't finish it. And it hasn't affected my life at all. This is good. This is giving me a chance to drink some water. Uh, were there classes that I did not enjoy taking? Um, the only class I ever got a B in in my whole life was symbolic logic. <laughs> and so what, what is annoying about it actually is that I enjoyed being in it. It was really hard, but I liked it. And I made friends um, with this girl who was from the School of Engineering. So she was awesome because she understood like the algorithmic part of that. And then I, I came in with like the symbol part. And then like with our brains combined, we like understood the class. But I got really annoyed because I spent like more time studying for that class than any class I've ever taken my whole life. And I went to like all of these office hours and did like so many practice tests. And then I, I must have done really poorly on the final because it like brought down my final grade. And I was just like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's not for me, I guess. Um, but again, something that was stressful at the time and has not affected my life at all long term. Um, just to put those, those failures in perspective. Um, another thing I didn't enjoy. Oh, I also took this class that I had been really excited about. And it was about like the history of, um, women in like ancient Greek and Rome, which was like super cool. Um, but the teacher was very, very terrible. It just like showed me how much a teacher, a bad teacher makes a difference or a good teacher on the other end of the spectrum because she was just like a very terrible um, grader like of essays. Like she, she was like self-purporting like, oh, I'm super hard at grading essays. Like no one can get higher than like a C plus on my essays no matter what you do. And I tried to meet with her and be like, how could I improve this? And she just like, she was just like, no, like I don't give people reasonable grades on essays. 
And so I actually ended up taking her class pass fail because it was just like stress, so stressful for no reason, because she was like, you cannot succeed here. And I was like, that's a weird move. Um, I was also a senior. So I was like, whatever, pass fail. I'm not going to deal with that. Again, had no long term um, effect in my life. Um, so yeah, that, that was just like annoying because I was really interested in the subject, but then the teacher was like a huge bummer. To take a class pass fail, you just, you just have to tell the registrar. Um, there's usually like a deadline cut off. It's not immediately like you can, you can like go class for several weeks, um, before you can decide to do it pass fail and you're not allowed to do all of your classes like that. <laughs> yeah it won't count so there, there's a limit to um how many you can do every school has like different rules about it um but yeah I definitely recommend taking classes pass fail if you like know that it's like not going to matter and you're just like interested in something but you don't want the stress of like having to worry about your GPA um let me scroll up here I saw some more questions why did you decide on English Lit Great question. So I, like I said before, I had always really liked books. Um, but when I went into college, I was like, I'm going to be a philosophy major. I love philosophy. I love thinking about it. I love talking about it. That's what I'm going to do. And then I'm going to be a philosophy professor for my whole life. Like, got it planned. So ready. Um, and then honestly, the reason that I changed it was like quite arbitrary. So I also, this is like a whole other can of worms, but I spent my whole junior year at Oxford University. Um, in the UK. So I did years one and two at Barnard. And then at the end of my sophomore year, I had to declare my major. And I had been doing like a lot of my philosophy classes up front because I thought I was going to double major maybe. And then when I was applying, I had to apply to Oxford as a student because I was like going for a whole year. And they don't let you study pure philosophy at Oxford. They have a program called um, PPP, it's philosophy, politics, and uh, something else. I forget what the what the last letter stands for. Um, but I didn't want to study that other stuff. I didn't want to spend a whole year of my college studying that other stuff. I just wanted to do philosophy. Um, so I declared English um, and then did, I actually did the bulk of my English degree with the exception of like my thesis and a couple required classes at Oxford um, and then came back so I like to say that I actually got an English degree at Oxford and a philosophy degree at Columbia, but then I was one class short of finishing that philosophy degree. But that's what made me, me switch um, from philosophy to English. And everybody told me that both of those majors were a total waste of time and that I would never get a job. Um, but here I am. So again, I feel like this is the 30th time I've said it, but you're going to be fine. Um, you can take classes pass fail. You can get a B. You can pick whatever major you know, makes your heart sing and you can live your life and, and you're going to be okay. Um, what would you say is the biggest takeaway from attending a women's college other than the fact that it made your college years more comfortable? Yeah. Um, the biggest takeaway for me is that women can do whatever the F they want. And I say that because I, I knew that, like I'm someone who would have said I was a feminist before I went. Um, to college, but then I went to Barnard and I was like, everyone around me is operating on like such a high level 
at whatever they do, right? So like I was there to do publishing, like senior year, I actually was a part-time student because I was also interning at Random House, which was like my dream, right? So like, here I am, I'm doing like publishing at Random House. Here's my roommate doing like pre-med, she's gonna go to Ivy League med school. Like here's my other roommate, just like getting on the subway, going to like random neighborhoods to do like really awesome anthropological research, right? Like everyone is just like at the top of their game. And so you're watching all of these other women just be like awesome at what they do. And there's something so empowering about that. And also like being surrounded by everyone who's doing that just makes you be like, I can do anything. Like whatever I would want to do, like I can freaking do that. Like look at her doing that. Um, and so like for me, that, that was a huge takeaway of a women's college. And it just made me, it, it kind of like, um, it kind of buoys you up so that when you're in the future, when you're like in a workplace and, you know, someone's gaslighting you or like not giving you an opportunity. And it's like, obviously because you're female, you're just like, that guy has no idea what's going on. Like he has no understanding of my potential and that's about him. It's not about me. Um, and so it, it's really empowering in that way to be like super emerged um, with, with, other, with other awesome ladies. Let's see. Okay, I'm getting caught up in the chat here. Doop, doop, doop. And only women go to a women's college. Um, yes. Although, as I said before, there were definitely people at my school who were transitioning. I think all schools probably have, um, have their own policies. But yes, you, I, if you identify as male, I do not think you are encouraged to apply. Did I live on campus? Yes. Um, so I lived on campus all three years that I was at Barnard because I was abroad my junior year. Um, but, but what was cool about Barnard housing is that, so the first year they make all the freshmen live on this like quad together, which I actually really liked because um, I was with like all of the other freshmen. So I got to like meet them. They were having a shared experience with me. Like we were all doing college for the first year um, by myself or by, you know, our, our, in our like little pods. Um, and so that was really great. And I was actually in a program um, I don't know if Barnard still does this, but I was in like a program where all the girls who lived on my hall, we also had like a pod of advisors that we shared. So there were like, I don't know, like 40 to 50 of us on like this hall of the dorm. And then there was like a group of five faculty members who had like different groups of us that, that they were advisors for. And then they would like take us to do stuff. It was so cute. Like they would like take us to Koreatown for like karaoke and like food. And we'd like all go together, like with our advisor. It was, it was like very cute. It was like a very Barnard thing. Um, and so that was cool because it, I got to like meet a bunch of people. It was like built in community. Um, and then the other thing that's cool about Barnard is that their, their campus housing is apartments. So if you've been to New York and you've walked around some of those colleges there, you'll notice that like you're just in New York City and you're so you might be like, where is the school? Um, and so what's cool is that like Barnard literally owns apartment buildings. And so I lived on campus, like in quotation marks, my sophomore and senior year. But what that meant was that I lived in an apartment and my building was full of other students 
Um, but it was just like on the street in New York. Like I just like lived on 110 in Broadway and that's what student housing was. Um, and we lived like in a full apartment, you know, that you would like rent as a person. And so that was really cool because I also got to learn like what it was like to be a person, um, like an adult person. It wasn't like a dorm living situation. And um, that's a unique thing I think about going to school in Manhattan. Um, and and I really liked that. I really thought that was cool. Um, were all of your professors women? No, they were not. Um, the teacher that I talked about before who invented reacting to the past, actually, his name is Mark Carnes, a history, a very famous history teacher. Um, so the, the faculty was mixed. Um, I think my, well, no, I think, I think I had a mix. I, I was going to say, like, I wonder if it was, you know, over half male or female, but it really was a mix. Like, Mark Carnes was awesome. My thesis advisor, I had two because I had to write a creative and an analytical thesis. Um, and my analytical thesis advisor was male. So, yeah. And, and I took a lot of classes at Columbia because um, the way that it works with their departments is that some departments are shared uh, between the colleges and some um, have duplicate de departments in each college, if that makes sense. So like Barnard had its own English department and Columbia had its own English department, but they shared a philosophy department. So a lot of my philosophy department um, courses we're actually on the Columbia campus with like Columbia College teachers. Um, but what was interesting about those two schools was that Columbia College was much larger than Barnard College. So like my Columbia style courses were often like big lectures, like in big lecture halls. And my Barnard courses would often be uh, more like seminar, more intimate settings, smaller class sizes. Um, so yeah. Uh, when you were abroad, you were both a student at Oxford and Barnard. Yeah. So that was like a unique program that a lot of different schools have at Oxford, actually. Um, there were, in my cohort, there were students from American and Harvard and Wellesley. I'm trying to remember. I think that's, I think that's most of us. Um, and so there's this whole program through Oxford where if you're going to go abroad there, you actually have to matriculate there is what they call it. So you, you have to be like all in or all out. You have to do a full academic year there. And they essentially treat you like you're a third year student, which for them is like senior because they only go for three years. Um, and then you take like the third level courses with Oxford students. And like we lived in the dorm with the three L's um, at Oxford. Um, so yeah, I, I was a Barnard student in that I, I paid my tuition money to Barnard and then they handed it to Oxford, <laughs> if that makes sense. So like I paid Barnard, but then Oxford just sent my bill to them. Um, and then I, I had to make sure when I was abroad that I, that the courses I was taking at Oxford were going to fulfill my English major. So I just worked really closely with my advisor, my academic advisor, because Barnard had an advising program. Um, and the head of the English department. I met with him a lot too, um, just to make sure that, that I was going to get credit because that, that can be like a nasty surprise if you get back from being abroad and then they're like, this didn't count. Um, that can like mess up your whole graduation plan. So that's definitely something to make sure of. Um, women's colleges are great, Nicole, and I'm happy to chat with you anytime. Any cool cultural shocks while I was at Oxford? 
Um, yes, one weird thing about England is that they don't have half and half there. I know that that sounds like so normal, um, but literally like the cream you put in your coffee, like it doesn't exist in England. It actually doesn't exist in a lot of Europe. They think about dairy like very differently than we do. I'm just like laughing at your reactions. Um, and so, yeah, like half and half isn't a thing. And for me, I'm like, whatever, I'll just use cream. They have like, if you're a fan of Gordon Ramsay, like I am, you've, or, or the British Bake Off, You've probably heard them talk about like single cream, double cream, like like literally their dairy classification system is literally different. Um, and so they don't have half and half. So like the coffee situation was very touch and go. Um, it's really while I was there, it's gotten better since then. But while I was there, like American drip coffee wasn't a thing. It was like espresso or nothing. And if you asked for like American coffee, They'd give you an Americano, which is like an espresso full of water, which is just like not a drip coffee, obviously. Um, and so like that was another thing where I was like, seriously, um, like this doesn't feel hard, but it was just totally different. But it was really, really weird because like going to England, I was like, oh, um, you know, like this is going to be like quite similar to my life. And there's all these little things that are that are just super different so like that a lot of the food was a culture shock that I just like wasn't expecting because it's just a little bit it was like adjacent to American culture in a way that was just like weird um another thing lots of things about it though were like very pleasantly cool like because I was in England for a whole year um I was actually in like the national health system like I had to pay, I had to get like a special type of visa that essentially made me like a fake citizen for like a year. Um, and so I literally got to like use the NHS. Um, universal healthcare is dope, by the way. I never waited in a long line. All doctor visits and medication were just like totally free. I remember I went to a doctor and they like gave me a prescription and I was like, what do I do? <laughs> like, what should I do with this? And they were like, just walk into any pharmacy and give it to them. And I was like, okay. And so I like walked across the street. There was a pharmacy there and I just gave it to them. And they were like, cool, like just give us a few minutes. Um, and then they just gave me the medicine. And I was like, what, here is some money. And they were just like, we don't, like, what do you mean? Like, we don't even know what to do with that. It was like so hilarious. Um, so that was awesome. There's a huge like walking and biking culture in Oxford that was also really awesome. So like. I felt really, really safe just like walking at all times um, during the day, especially during the night. Um, I noticed that in England, um, I noticed that in, I'm trying to decide how to phrase this because some of these things, I was older when I was in Oxford. Um, I noticed that when I was in England, they had a really different culture about how they interact with women in like party situations. So, like, I noticed that, like, nobody was touching me, which was, like, such a nice thing compared to America. Like, they just had different um, ideas about, like, boundaries um, and about when it's okay to, like, approach people and things like that, um, which was really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, tea, tea culture is, like, really huge in England, and I didn't really understand that, but now I'm, like, quite snobbish about tea. Um, it rains a lot. That was kind of a bummer too. 
Um, let's see, Salman, I might need help with the next question because the chat, the me me dropping that bomb about half and half really blew up the chat. <laughs> so I'm trying to find more questions yeah. now. Um, okay, so I think the the question that after the one that brought the tea <laughs> discussion up, um, you know, I think we might have actually just jumped right into it. Oh, is it looked down upon to just drink the cream? I would guess yes, <laughs> but I can't say I ever did that um, publicly. I can ask a question if we're looking for one. Cool. Yeah, I think this is oh. all about milk and, and <laughs> half and half. Which is, it's, it's a good conversation. We a have great, a lot of questions. It's important. It's really it's important. important. <laughs> See, now I don't want to go to Oxford because no cream in my coffee. Just kidding. I, I don't really. I'm not going as crazy, but. At first I was. Okay. Um were there people there uh that had very conflicting views to what the college views? Like were there were there like was there a lot of like internalized misogyny or something? Because I feel like that, that would be a thing at a woman's college. Yeah. I don't know how much of it there would be. Do you mean internalized as in like amongst the student body or internalized yeah. amongst yeah. Um Oh, that's a really complicated question. Um, yes and no. Like everyone really came there from different angles. Like you had, you had a good, oh, awesome. There's some research being laid down in the chat. Um, you had a good mix of folks like me who were like, I didn't come here on purpose. <laughs> like I, I kind of, you had folks who would openly be like, I'm a feminist. Um, you had other people who were like, I'm here despite the fact that this is a women's college, which like, that's interesting. Let's, let's dig into that. Like what makes you say that that's some interesting internalization there. Um, you also had people who had only ever gone to um, girl schools their whole life. So people who like for elementary through high school had only been at single sex schools and were just at another single sex school. And they had a whole nother perspective, you know, they had never had co-ed education um and had varying feelings about it um so yeah i think there were certainly folks around with baggage um and certain folks who were just like i'm so pumped to be here you know just like amongst all female people um but i think that being one one thing that is both negative but also weirdly positive about women's colleges is that you do kind of make yourself a target for misogyny and in, in some ways um because you've made that that choice right you've made that choice to be at a women's college i can't tell you how many people when i was like out at parties would be like oh you go to barnard so are you lesbian is that your girlfriend you know like all the time which is just straight nonsense um but you know ignorance there's just like ignorant nonsense all over the place um so, so that stuff definitely happens. But I, I think that when you go to a women's college, you gain a really intricate understanding about gender issues um, in a lot of different angles, right? Um, and, and I think one that I gained a really um, thorough understanding of is how, uh, is how sneaky misogyny is, that we could have a whole nother, you know, very long conversation about this. But women can be misogynistic as well. 
Um, you know, I go here despite the fact that it's a women's college or people who are afraid to say that they're a feminist or, or don't feel comfortable with that label. You know, that's like a whole nother thing. Um, I can't remember who said this, but someone famous said that there's a, a special level of hell for women who don't support other women. Um, it might have been RBG, actually. I can't remember. Uh, one of the patron saints of being an awesome lady said that. Um, so there's, you know, there, there's a lot to unpack there. I think if you're interested in thinking about that and unpacking that and like staying up till three in the morning and talking about it with people, a women's college uh, might be right for you. Because I have spent many a night like sitting outside on a bench um, on the Barnard campus talking about this stuff with people. That sounds like such a good experience, though. I loved it. Um, yeah, I would definitely recommend it. I guess on the same topic of misogyny, was there also a lot of misandry? Was that even how you pronounce that? I don't know. <laughs> um, can you spell it? <laughs> I might I not have had it pronounced it either. I think, wait, okay, this is telling me I spelled it wrong. Maybe I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> wait, yes. But Discord is telling me that that's not a word. <laughs> so I don't know. Okay, wait, I'm Googling it. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like prejudice against men. Yeah, I just didn't know how to spell it. Like I really was struggling. Totally, totally. totally. Um, honestly, I would say that sometimes there was. I think I learned a lot of, uh, feminism is the spectrum, right? Um, and I think I learned a lot about my, my shade of feminism by going to a women's college because I certainly had friends who, um, were kind of anti-male sometimes um or who would be like a bit rude to my male friends um and i'm i'm just someone who thinks we're all great and that um whoever you are that's great and so it's it's hard for me when folks are like well i don't like this person because x part of their demographic that is or is not in their control um that sort of confuses me but there, there certainly were people there who were like, I'm here because um, misandry or however we've decided we say that word. Um, but that's just another form of prejudice, right? So I think th that's, when, that's when you get to take that, that gender studies class or you know, go to that event or that play and then you know, sit outside with folks and talk about that stuff. Um, if you're interested in, in thinking about and talking about these sort of really complex gender issues and biases and prejudices, um, then a women's college is, is probably a good fit um, because it's just always there. It's sort of the backdrop that, that um, is behind everything that you do because you've, you've made a choice again. You've, you've made a choice to be at a women's college. And so that's sort of like an invitation to, to others that it's like, yeah, I'm down to talk about gender stuff. Like I, I think about this all the time. Um, and I will say like, I'm an English major and my husband is an, also an English major. And he went to Franklin and Marshall College in Pennsylvania. And what he read was so different than what I read in my curriculum. Like I read like so many female writers, like so, like all the Virginia Woolf I read, you know, like all of these things. Uh, you know, all the Brontes, like so much Austin, like all of these really female, um, seminal literary people. And he read much more of a variety. And so um, 
you have to remember, I think when you're like in a women's college, that gender, that's kind of the water that you're, that you're swimming in. And so, you know, you're, you're leaning into a certain kind of bias. And so for yourself, you just have to be mindful about about that as you educate yourself and make sure that you're balancing that out so that you're getting in all of those perspectives. I saw a couple other good questions here. Were there any backlash or questionable concerns from family or friends? Yeah, my friends like 100% made fun of me. My friends were like, ha ha ha, because I was like a little boy crazy in high school. So they were like, what? Like, you're going to go to a women's college? Like, what are you going to do? Um, and I, I just kind of like laughed those comments off. I think now I'd have a much more nuanced response <laughs> because adult me has better language to address things like that. But um, definitely my family was not concerned, um, but my friends were kind of like, what are you up to? Like, what are you going to do um, there? Um, but whatever, like no one has time for haters. Those people don't know what was right for you. Um, you know that. And so um, I took all of that with a grain of salt. Let's see. have four minutes left. So if anybody has um, another question to slide in, I can probably do one. Yeah, we can do like one more question. Haha uh, asked a little bit earlier, was there more collaboration or competitiveness at Barnard than you would experience oh. at like a different college? Yes, that was a good question. Um, thank you for resurfacing that. Um, I would say that the the vibe at Barnard was um, was like competitive in a very healthy way. Like like I said before, like everyone was like top of their game at what they were doing, and so it was competitive in that way. Where it was like, you know, if everyone in my apartment is like amazing and I like don't have my stuff together, like that just like feels weird. So like so like being around everyone operating at a high level like naturally makes you perform at a higher level, I think. Um, but there was never, it was like incredible. I, I can't say enough how supportive it was. Like, I don't know if all women's colleges are like this, but Barnard definitely felt just like a big warm hug. Like every time someone had a major accomplishment, like people would show up, they'd show up to your presentation. They were there for you. They were like, yes. They were like snacks. Like everyone was just like so pumped and like so excited to like celebrate wins um and obviously like being at a women's college like when things were hard like everybody loves a good cry you know like all like all of that stuff all of that like squishy stuff was definitely part of it um but I never felt I mean I was a humanities major too so that's different um because obviously STEM fields can be a lot more competitive because the curve is in play I did have to take um bio for two years because of the the ways of knowing I had to take two years of a lab science which is hilarious um and so I did have to do the curve a little bit and I guess like that was more competitive um but but never in like an active way like I was I was never like trying to destroy anyone and I never felt like anyone was trying to destroy me um yeah and like as, as a non-science person in bio like I didn't have, I, I'm also like very intense about studying, which probably is not surprising because I'm literally head of learning at Fiveball. But I, I like studied constantly. 
And I actually like ended up making the curve in that bio class. And the teacher asked me to be the TA. And I was like, oh, I'm an English major. <laughs> so it, it wasn't so competitive that like someone who was not a science person couldn't like walk in and like set the curve on the class. <laughs> Yeah, it was empowering. I was like, I can do whatever. I can do science, like whatever. Yes, Jake has joined. I feel like I have to, Jake, I have to tell you that the reason we were talking about coffee is because I spent a year living in the UK and in the UK, they do not have half and half like that you put in your coffee. Like it doesn't exist. Uh, oh no, I I'm just, oh no, please no. That's that's what we were talking about. <laughs> like life, a coffee without half half is like, how do I describe this? It's like mashed potatoes without the butter. I'm with you. I'm with you. There's no way you can't have coffee without half half. Uh, that's just not coffee. Right. So if anyone is thinking about going abroad and you go to the UK, just know that that is a sacrifice that you will likely have to make. Probably never going to the UK then. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for coming tonight. We're at one hour, so we're going to have to, uh, you know, uh, call it a night. But uh, thank you, everyone, for coming. Um, we hope that, you know, you learned stuff, that you had your questions answered, that you found this enjoyable. And uh, if, if you liked this kind of thing, if you want to hear more, um, you can come to our follow-up college chats, which are going to be going all the way through July. Uh, and you can also join our new Fiveable College server, uh, which you can actually, I'll put the link in the chat in a couple of seconds. Um, but it's a whole different server uh, just dedicated to the college admissions process, uh, to giving you more information about Fiveable's summer college program, which uh, you can join the waitlist for as well. Um, <laughs> the invite list link got deleted. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> um, community interns can, maybe can help us. Community interns. I got you. I got <laughs> okay. you. I got you. Alexis I can always have it copied. Always. <laughs> I'm like, literally, we were in a meeting, guys. I just want you to know. We were in a meeting with every single staff member at Fiveable ever. And just like in the middle of the meeting, Mickey was just like, oh, Alexis, put the invite link in the chat. I was like, I got yeah. it. Can confirm. I was there and, and it made me join. This is why Alexis, it was the only one reason why Alexis is so important. Um, but thank, thank you all for, for having me. And honestly, I'm, I'm happy to chat about this. Please feel free to DM me if you have additional questions. Um, I interview folks for Barnard all the time. That does not mean I can get you in. I have like no power, but um, I do stay like up to date on what is happening at Barnard because I, I am an interviewer. And also just know that like interviewers are real people. So if you're ever nervous about your interview, like it could just be someone like me. So it's not scary. Yeah, well, thank you, everyone. Uh, and we'll see you next week for a college chat with Lena. And that's going to be on the topic of, you know, just uh, researching your college options, uh, some methods, some great tips to help you organize yourself as you head into the whole college application season. Thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. Also, our upcoming bye bye. events, we have an event on Thursday with June Care.